Welcome to the Ministry Collaborative Podcast, a series of honest conversations about opportunities, challenges, and joy in ministry today. These episodes are inspired by interactions with ministry leaders from across the country as they explore possibilities, learn from broad perspectives, take risks, and cultivate candid discussions that generate disruptive creativity. Hello, everybody. This is Jennifer Watley Maxell, and I am so excited to be here today with my good girlfriend, uh, Reverend Erica St. Bernard, who is um, just an amazing person. She's a therapist and a reverend. Hey, girl, how are you? Hey, girl, I'm great. How are you? I am good. Super excited to be having this um, conversation with you today as we have talked about this idea of breathing room so many times throughout this pandemic. How have you been doing with your breathing? I've been doing pretty well, I think in part because I'm seeing clients and helping them to breathe. So it puts me in that space consistently. Like, no girl, you cannot tell them to practice this and not practice it. So I'm doing it with them, which is helpful. And then I'm also reminding myself, hey, after session, that's still a good thing to keep up. Well, isn't that a good practice? You can't tell them about it if you're not going to do it. Um, I feel like that right there just blesses so many people Mm -hmm. and reminds us that even as we are preaching and prescribing and proclaiming that we need to be doing the work that we are offering up to others. Um, wanted to open up with this scripture that has become kind of one of my mantra type scriptures throughout this whole pandemic experience. And it's in Psalm 61 verses one through five, and it's in the message version. And it reads, God, listen to me, shout, bend an ear to my prayer when I'm far from anywhere down to my last gasp. I call out, guide me up high rock mountain. You've always given me breathing room a place to get away from it all, a lifetime pass to your safe house, an open invitation as your guest. You've always taken me seriously, God, made me welcome among those who know and love you. I just think that's such a powerful, powerful prayer statement, affirmation, just all wrapped up in one, particularly for where we are right now. Sure, sure. Yeah, in so many ways. I love the imagery. Yes. Right. This imagery of God hearing me, me crying out to him and him hearing me. I think about like the listening space that that presents, but then also always giving me breathing room, Mm -hmm. kind of the reflection that no matter what life has been like, God has always, if we reflect on it, always given us breathing room. And so just reminding us that breathing room exists, reminding us to pause so we can experience it again in this present moment. Not that it's a thing of the past or of the future, but like in this season, as difficult as it is, as hard as it is, as long as it is, we can pause. I love the Passion Translation where it says, say lie, it says pause in his presence. And I see that as moments of breathing room where we can just pause and reflect on the goodness of God, reflect on his mercies, his kindness, and all those great things that we know to be true of him. Yeah, and I love that. I think one of the things that we are seeing now in this protracted season is that, you know, we're kind of at the one year mark for a lot of us, depending on where you live. We've been in this pandemic season now for, if not a year, very, very close to it. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I've been thinking about is the fact that we have survived a whole year in a whole Mm. pandemic and that there are so many things that we were anxious and stressed about last year that if we think about it, we should have a different perspective, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. 
So our experience of God over the past year and what we have survived, Mm -hmm. we have survived, you know, racial injustice, the pandemic itself, we have survived insurrections on the Capitol, we have survived just so many things. Mm -hmm. And how does that help us to gain perspective and how this frames our time going into this next iteration of Mm -hmm. pandemic life. Sure. I think it's a great opportunity as we talk about breathing room to allow that breathing room to be restorative, but also reflective to kind of pause and think about the wins of 2020. I know that it was hard and there were lots of difficulties and lots of losses and lots of grief and mourning. And still, because of the God we serve, if we pause, we can find the little glimmers, Mm -hmm. the little God kisses the little whispers that reminded us that we were not forgotten, that he did not abandon us, that even on the hardest of days, he was there. And so I think that's a part of that process of acknowledging that there are some things that 2020 did gift to us as much as it was hard. And then to take those gifts with us forward into 2021 as we anticipate the lifting of the pandemic, the lifting of all the sanctions and opportunities to be quarantined with the people we love and some that we love but don't necessarily like. (laughs) So giving us this opportunity to really get clear with the fact that this breathing room is not just for the sake of breath, while that's super important. Yes, we are breathing beings, but also for the moment of reflection and the moment of recalibrating how we're going to show up in our faith, but also how we're going to show up in real time in the world with the people we engage with. Yeah, I love that idea of recalibration, you know, recalibration from a standpoint of gratitude for where we've been, like you just Mm -hmm. said, but also creating almost like a new sense of adventurousness, Mm -hmm. a new sense of curiosity and wonder. Like we don't have to you know, second guess ourselves and hand ring and worry about Easter anymore. We don't have to worry about Christmas. We don't have to worry about how we're going to do online worship. We don't have to worry about some of those things because we've done it and we know God can take us through it. And so now that we've kind of been through this experience of, I guess you could say almost like the practical adjustments, Mm -hmm. what now are the new things that God is creating, the new things and places that God is taking us? And I really think that looking through this lens of of curiosity and wonder and how we can encourage that within ourselves and others. Sure. I'm talking to my therapist about the importance of play, Mm -hmm. even as an adult. Yes. Right. And so I don't play in the same ways I did as a kid, Mm -hmm. but there are still opportunities for us to seek out the joyfulness of play. And I think this is so aligned with what you just said in terms of the curiosity, the fun, the levity. I think 2020 for a lot of us was heavy in a way that heavy has never been heavy before. We've all lifted heavy loads, but not like 2020. Mm -hmm. And so looking forward and thinking about what have I learned about myself? What ways did I shift? What ways did I pivot? What ways did God show up for me that I could not have imagined, even given the circumstances that he could wow me again. Mm -hmm. And so really just being open to the possibilities, open to what can be, open to dreaming, as you mentioned, like not limiting ourselves, not thinking that it has to look the way it's always looked, acknowledging that it can be totally different and be even more amazing than the initial idea we had or the initial way that we plan to do it. Yeah, I love the idea of dreaming and dreaming anew, Mm -hmm. setting new vision and kind of anchoring in this moment of new creation, um, new vision, particularly as we look at where we are in our society and trying to bring about almost like a new sense of democracy and a new sense of who we are as a country. 
But then also holding that intention with the very real fact that a lot of people have been traumatized. I mean, this is a global pandemic. Mm -hmm. And as we move to a different stage of this, and as churches start to open and we start doing more ministry in person, we are ministering to a traumatized populace, even as we have been traumatized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's been one of the greatest joys and the hardest burdens of being a therapist in this season. Yes. Because so much of my work is connected to the trauma of the pandemic that I've also experienced. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to create space for people where I can hold their stuff, yes. but then acknowledge that, wait, their stuff looks like my stuff mm-hmm. and not make it about me, but yes. focus on them. And so I think the same is true as we talk about the return to church and worship as we knew it before, where we were in person and doing those things with people in the flesh. It will be you know, necessary for us to cultivate community conversations around the trauma with leaders and professionals in the mental health field to support those conversations, to undergird those conversations, but also just to create space. I think so often in some churches, there is very much a pulpit ministry toward the people, but then sometimes there's a lack of opportunity for discussion about those things. And so it's great that it's mentioned in the pulpit. I'm never going to shy away from that. Please mention therapy and mental health and all the resources that are available in Jesus name. Amen. Yes, do Mm -hmm. that and create spaces for community and for conversation around those same topics and themes so that the people begin to share the resources that they found, because that can be even more impactful, right? If the pastor is saying one thing or the, you know, whoever's speaking is saying one thing from the pulpit that trickles down and has an effect. But then when we create community spaces where people can have conversations about how I worked through my anxiety Mm -hmm. during 2020 or how I overcame depression or how I connected with my faith, but I also had a therapist and Mm -hmm. maybe I saw a psychiatrist and I began taking medication so that it normalizes all of those stressors. It normalizes all of those remedies. It normalizes all of those paths to healing so that we can continue to see healing take place while we're dreaming, while we're hoping, while we're building. Yeah. And I love that because it seems like the pandemic has normalized trauma Mm. in a way and crystallized it in a way Mm -hmm. that we didn't have it before. Before, I feel like trauma was much more seen as an individual experience. Mm -hmm. Whereas now in some very real ways, it has become kind of baked into who we are Mm -hmm. now as a people. It has been baked into some of our systems in a way that we are now aware of, that we may not have been aware of before. And so the idea that one of the ways to count interact that is to normalize healing, Mm -hmm. to normalize intentionality around healing and to provide space for conversations. I think one of the things that we're all asking as ministry leaders is how is the church relevant now? In addition to preaching the life transforming message Mm -hmm. of the gospel and Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. how else can we be stewarding our spaces, which people are accustomed to not being in, and just our kind of place in society. And so I love this as seeing ourselves as centers of healing almost. All the great works that Jesus did, or let's say the majority of them, were done in community. Mm-hmm. And I think as much as we can think about the individual effects of trauma, certainly as we talk about the pandemic, there are communal effects of trauma. And so what better way to heal the trauma that happened in community 
within community, right? So as the community heals, individuals heal. And as individuals heal, community heals. And so this opportunity for us to be a part of the change we want to see by creating this space, creating opportunities for conversation, inviting the professionals in who have the insight, who can help us, you know, with small group formation, maybe that Mm -hmm. would be aligned with a certain track or theme, not just cathartic, but really powerful in terms of healing, because there's definitely a difference between coping and healing. Mm -hmm. And so I appreciate that you use the word healing, like we get to the space where we are recovered, where we are restored, where we are back to a space of health Mm -hmm. and wellness, and that that would continue to be a gauge that we are honoring all the time, because I think we get through things and then we're over it and we're done. Right. But this opportunity to have the conversation allows us to discuss what was helpful to discuss how we made it over, right? So we sing songs of, you know, the church, um, how I got over. And it's like, but tell me how, like, what were the strategies? So when I'm working with clients, I ask them, so what is different? Mm -hmm. What are you doing differently? How are you showing up for yourself in a way that you were not prior to this? So that we can keep this running tab of all the things I'm doing that are working and that I'm seeing positive effect from. So that if we fall back, because that happens, Mm -hmm. we can remember like, oh, where are my cliff notes? I need to read up on where I was and what I was doing. And so that can be a great way of honoring but also preparing for the future in a way that's going to be really rooted in wellness. So now one thing I want to return to that you said was this idea of coping versus healing. And I think that's so important, particularly for those of us who do ministry work, because I think so many times we're so focused on the healing of others, the transformation of others, that we kind of just cope our way through it. Mm -hmm. And then we hit the wall, we get exhausted, we find ourselves in situations where we've had it with ministry. And so can you talk a little bit about what is the difference between coping and healing? And then how can we kind of help move ourselves from one place to the other? Sure. So I think of coping as kind of a surface level. You know, if I have a headache, I take a Tylenol. Mm -hmm. That's coping. But the healing, if I take go with the same headache analogy, is to make sure I'm hydrated, to make sure I'm rested, Mm -hmm. to make sure I'm eating nourishing foods, to make sure I'm getting fresh air, to make sure I am managing my stress well, Mm -hmm. right? Not to suggest that Tylenol is not helpful and that we shouldn't take it. We should. It's good, right? Mm -hmm. But we should also consider the other things, too. And I think when we talk about systemic causes of things, and not even just in the big world, but even within ourselves, Mm -hmm. again, I know if I'm not hydrated, it's only a matter of time before I'm going to have a headache. And so I need to set a reminder to drink my water, especially in this time where we're doing a thousand and nine hundred things. It can be hard to remember to drink a glass of water regularly. It can Mm -hmm. be hard to remember to eat a meal. It's like, when did I eat last? Was that dinner yesterday? And it's lunch today. How did that happen? Right. Or, you know, if we're making lunches for kids, we're popping goldfish and that's all we've had all day. Mm -hmm. So it's like, wait a minute, let me kind of refocus. And so really thinking about what does health look like? What does wellness look like? And thinking about what's missing from my life that is aligned with wellness and taking some slow strategic steps toward wellness, figuring out, okay, do I need to set a timer to remind me to do lunch? Do I need to step away from my desk at lunchtime so that I'm actually having a lunch break? Mm -hmm. Because some of us will just work for hours and hours and hours. And then it's time to show up for family and we're depleted. It's time to show up for ministry and we're depleted. So this opportunity to really think about what's the root of what we're trying to get to, that's where healing is. Mm -hmm. We go to a homeopathic doctor or a doctor who's more holistic. Mm -hmm. They're not just going to say, here's a prescription, take this pill. Mm -hmm. Most of them will tell you, change your diet, work on your activity level 
level and then we'll reassess in 30 days. Mm -hmm. And so it's this opportunity to reassess and to see, okay, if I make these changes and things don't improve, then I've got some information. But if I keep doing what I've always done and I'm burnt out and it's not working and it's not benefiting me or the ministry, then it's time to pause and reflect and get a sense of where I can make some adjustments. They don't always have to be great ones, but they can be significant enough to make the tide change. And then we get to a space of, wow, I'm feeling better. I'm healthier. I'm more connected. And so certainly that would include therapy. I am so grateful to God in this season as a therapist to have a therapist. Yes, I cannot imagine where I would be without my therapist. And then certainly, of course, my faith in Christ, because that's been essential too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's so important because I think coming into this season, there were a lot of us who were already stressed, already exhausted, already depleted. And we've gotten through this season, but it's been really hard because we were already coming from a place of depletion. And one of the things I just love to encourage people is to not come out of this season still exhausted. And I think as uh, you talked about earlier, we are going to have to hold space for others while we continue to deal with our stuff, that the moment is so ripe Mm -hmm. for us to deal with our stuff. So then we do have that capacity. And I think that's one of the things that is coming out of this season, the need for us to not operate at maximum capacity all the time Mm -hmm. so that when stuff happens, we're not then extending beyond our capacity. And I think this has been a lesson for a lot of us of the need to continue that healing so that we do have capacity that we can extend to others. Mm -hmm. And then I love the word capacity because then it also presents an opportunity for us to be honest with the people that we're doing life and ministry with to say, hey, today I don't have the capacity to hold this. Mm -hmm. And that requires a vulnerability that I know a lot of us wrestle with. Like, how dare I say that I can't do everything? Like, Mm -hmm. wait a minute, I'm supposed to do everything when the reality (laughs) is no, that's not really the call on most of our lives to do everything. Mm -hmm. And so really getting honest with ourselves and saying, hey, you know, I'm, I'm wearing thin, I'm stretched, I'm doing too much, I'm team too much, and kind of pulling back from that and saying, okay, this is where we need to pause, this is where we need to reflect and call for reinforcements. And I think breathing room from a personal perspective, but then also from a communal perspective is really helpful. And so the more we can do it as leaders and model it for the people, the better able it is to catch kind of like wildfire and become this really amazing and healing space for everybody to get connected with him and to center in and center down as one of the ministers at our church says, center in and center down. I love that. One of the things we're doing at the Ministry Collaborative is we're actually hosting a space called Breathing Room. It's virtual. It's every two weeks on Wednesdays. You're one of the people who's going to be hosting one of the Breathing Room sessions. And it's just an opportunity for us as clergy to come together and to gather, to connect, to breathe, and to walk away refreshed and restored. Mm -hmm. What can people look forward to, at least the session that you're going to facilitate for us? They can definitely look forward to breathing. Like literally, that will be a part of what we do. We will be still for a moment and we will breathe and we will embody breathing for a moment just to really fill our lungs with the good fresh air that God has given us and then to exhale all the stress, the strain and the worry in a symbolic way, but also hopefully in a literal way where Mm -hmm. we acknowledge that the more I practice breathing.
breathing in the love of Christ and exhaling the fears, that that becomes not just a mantra, but a way of living and a way of functioning. And so over time, kind of building that. So yes, look forward to breathing, literally creating the space and practicing deep breath work so that it can be restorative and refueling in the way that we need it to be as we serve and love the people that are connected to us. Thank you so much. This has been a wonderful conversation. Every time we talk about this, I walk away a little bit more refreshed and restored. So I so appreciate your time, sis. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it as well. Thank you for listening to the Ministry Collaborative Podcast. A project of the Macedonian Ministry Foundation. The Ministry Collaborative nurtures a national network of pastors and congregations committed to faithful, creative, and courageous engagement in their communities. Our producer is Marthane Sanders. To find out more about our work of cultivating leadership that makes a difference in congregations and communities, visit our website at www.ministrycollaborative.org.